Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Bonjour, Konnichiwa, good day, eh? Hola, como esta? Good day, mate. Uden Tag, what's poppin'? It's me, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself, Zay. Of course, I got my man Young Vander with me on the line. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And Bro Joe. What's good? What's good? What's good? Fantasy Football Fiend family, I hope you guys are having a great week. We're preparing for what's about to pop off in week six. We got your news for you. We have uh, your tentative moves that may need to be made based on the matchups. So we're definitely going to be able to help out all the DFS players. Some people may need to pivot based on current injuries or projected injuries, all that kind of good stuff. We're definitely going to make sure we leave no stone unturned for you guys. Before we hop into the show today, I got to ask y'all something. So this has absolutely nothing to do with fantasy football, but have you guys been watching or have you watched already the Squid Game on Netflix? Sure did. Finished it yesterday. Bro, I started it yesterday and I'm on like episode six already. I got three left. D- D- Barry, have you seen this or heard about it at all? I, I've I've seen some things around. I have no idea what it's about. Bro, and frankly, it, I'm not even interested, man. What? Bro, it's so good, man. It's so good. Ooh. I'm telling it's you, it's so good, man. It's, <laughs> like, it, it's it's one of those, even if it didn't make sense of why you may have wanted to watch it before you push play, once you get through that first episode and a half, it's like, ooh, this is getting good. Like, it's, it's, bro, I'm telling you, you, you won't be disappointed. Like, Squid Games is like that, for real. I'm going to give you and the listeners until next week. To watch what you want to watch, because I don't want to throw no spoilers out there, but I'm telling you, you got to watch this shit. It's it's like that, for real. I got three more episodes to go. We're going to see how it ends up, but I, we, we definitely going to have to talk about it. With that being said, let's go ahead and hop into your news. And now your fantasy news. Let's start out with. A positive that looked like Jarvis Landry. I hope to play during the homestead that Cleveland has coming up here. If you recall, Landry had a knee issue, but he believes he can return at some point during Cleveland's three-game homestand. It begins Sunday against the Cardinals. Um, so that's good news uh, for Mr. Jarvis Landry. Definitely great news for Mr. Baker Mayfield because he's kind of the you know the straw that stirs the Kool-Aid in, in, in Cleveland for the, the wide receiver game. Uh, he's the easier to get to closer to the line of scrimmage guy. So do you think it's going to be noteworthy or we're just going to shrug along the, the, the way that passing game has been? I guess it's a little noteworthy. It's definitely better news for Baker Mayfield. Maybe the beginning of the end for Odell Beckham. You know, it's always been a lot of little things in the news where potential trade. I think maybe when he comes back, that's when they maybe may strike. So once they get one back, then they'll lose another one. I will look to that possibly happening. Yeah, I agree. 
you have Demarcus Lawrence of the Cowboys. He's not close to returning yet. Now, I know that's more of a defensive lineman. So our guys who are playing the IDP league, where you have to choose various defensive players as well, this is more so geared towards you guys. Lawrence's foot injury will likely miss another month. So he's not, again, close to returning. Jeff Wilson Jr. is likely out until late November is the update from the 49ers. They aren't expecting Wilson to return from the knee injury off the pup list until sometime late in November. So for fantasy, it's looking like based on his projected timeline that he may not be able to do but so much for you on this year. That does bode well for Mitchell and Sermon, the two rookies, however. I know, Barry, this is your squad. I know you were telling us uh, episode before last, I want to say, that you kind of felt that this is going to end up being a prolonged thing versus it being uh, arrow pointing up little to no effect or is it something that that's going to kind of keep that run game from coming to full fruition uh, anytime soon i would pay attention to these next two weeks i'm hearing that the 49ers may be interested in marlon mack i've heard that and if guys have watched the game from the Colts this past weekend, you can see they kind of put them on display. They sure did. <laughs> um, and he and the, and the crazy thing about it, he looks like he looks healthy now. Mm-hmm. You know, early in the season he didn't look too well, but now I mean he had he was coming out, he was shooting out like a rocket coming out that backfield. So this week you're probably gonna see another five to ten carries, and you know let them they you know put them on display again for teams to see, and then someone will make a move on them. So I think the 49ers may be a team that's interested in Marlon Mack and what they have going on in the back. Feel, I mean, I think it's a good fit. Hey, Joe, do you think with Marlon Mack, let's say, for instance, if he doesn't go to the 49ers, wherever he ends up, or if it ends up being the 49ers, do you think that we're going to see more of what we saw his rookie year, where he just came out of nowhere and put everybody on notice that he was going to be a running back to be dealt with? Or is he just going to end up being just another guy? Yeah, it's wait and see for me. I think he's going to have like a Latavius Murray uptick where he's going to have volume. He's definitely going to have like a 10 touches or so. But we have to wait and see as to what team and what role he's going to play. Uh, Mitchell seems to be the, you know, the lead back in that backfield. He still had 19 touches this game. I believe he had over 19 last game as well. So he's car- he's going to get most of the carries. We have Rob Gronkowski, who's likely to miss another game uh, with the rib injuries. They say it was pretty close. If this had been a Sunday game versus a Thursday game, he nine times out of 10 would have played, which is great for the Gronkowski owners going into next weekend, but he is expected to be out on this evening against the Eagles. Is this good news, bad news, or indifferent for Gronk owners at this point? I mean, I guess indifferent. A lot of Gronk owners I'm seeing are owners of Dalton Schultz. True. Are owners of uh, Knox. Like, because a lot of these guys were just floating around the waiver. So, a lot, I see a lot of Gronk owners have these tight ends that's been filling in very well. I think they're just going to, you know, just wait it out. Gronk's a tough kid. I think, like you said, if it was a Super Bowl or something more important he would be in. But looking at their schedule, they think they can win these games without him. So I think those owners are probably fine right now. And we have Saquon Barkley, who isn't practicing. That's not noteworthy if you saw the injury that he had. I, I definitely didn't expect him to be practicing anytime soon. But the Giants head coach, Joe Judge, said that Barkley, due to his ankle injury, won't be participating in practice. And it's likely that he won't be participating in practice this week. But uh, he is currently week to week. Joe, I'm going to give you an opportunity here (laughs) to redeem yourself. What advice do you have to the fantasy owners who have purchased Mr. Saquon Bark? Or what advice do you have to those that don't have him? Is he possibly a buy low candidate? Are you staying away from Barkley at this point? I'm buying low. He keeps him out. 
I keep trying. I keep trying. <laughs> I'm buying low. I think you know this is the lateral injury. Every avenue to unfuck yourself, and you refuse to do it. Well, I like to fuck myself. Okay, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going hey. back. To oh, hey, Paul. Here's a listener. <laughs> I, I think um, Barkley, of course, his injury is devastating. He has a horrible year, and I tanked on my man's in now. I will, you know, I'll admit that, but I think it's still some upside. He has a nice playoff schedule. That's the only reason why I would say that. And he's good to buy low because he's a flex, if that, right now. So some value. What would you be willing to pay for him? You know, like a Damian Williams, a wide receiver kind of thing, Elijah Mitchell, like uh, Alex, uh, a Madison, you know, something like that. Wow. So two threes basically. That's really low. Yeah. A, a RB three and a wide receiver three. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So in other words, you're not really willing to pay for him. You just want to see whether or not the Saquon Barkley owner really wants to get rid of. Him. Hey, it's, it's been two injuries now, and the okay. season already started. So. I can respect that. That's the type of advice that that I would say. If you can take a flyer on Barkley for two people that you really don't need. Like maybe the Barkley owner actually needs a running back and uh, like a Damian Williams type will get them through the next four or five weeks. And that's all they're really looking for because they have no more faith in Barkley at all. That's the type of deal that just like Joe said, that I would definitely be looking for as far as Barkley is concerned. In my opinion, no Barkley owner is taking that deal. There may be a couple out there that's that's kind of frustrated to the point they believe that when he does come back, he's just going to go back out again. I don't think it'll be widespread that you can find the owner that feels that way, but it is a decent chance that there are several Barkley owners out there. I know I'm in one league. I came in last minute, and I didn't even draft my own team. He, he just happened to be on there right about now. I take a ham sandwich from somebody that they offered him. They offered it to me. To be honest, that's just me. Same team. You still have Daniel Jones that's not practicing. We know that he had the concussion issue going on. He's not going to be practicing, but the quarterback is on track with everything according to his coach as far as his recovery from the brain injury. So he has not been ruled out yet for Sunday's game against the Rams. Um. So what advice are we giving fantasy owners as far as Daniel Jones is concerned? This week uh i mean the coach seemed optimistic about him playing mm-hmm. initially seeing the injury itself live i didn't think he'd be playing a week but uh hell what do i know uh he didn't practice but i think i'll just pay attention to friday's practice will probably be more of a telltale sign if this guy's gonna suit up this week same team yet again kenny galladay who is a spectator for practice the coach says that uh kenny's knee is gonna be causing him some issues for a few weeks they're heading into their week six week six matchup against the rams as we forestated, and they pretty much have to brace for the possibility that they may still not have any of their best skill players. So from the quarterback all the way down to the running back and wide receiver, I mean, this team has been snake bitten, yet they go out every week. They make it look at least competitive. We still don't know about Darius Slayton, who was dealing with the hamstring, Sterling Shepard dealing with the hamstring. So they literally may be down their three starting wide receivers, their starting running back, and their quarterback. If all of those people are out, if I'm Joe Judge, I'm not rushing Daniel Jones back to get beat up. It's looking like Sterling Shepard is going to play. I mean, he did return. Sterling okay. He yeah, did return unlimited. Yeah, they, they did return on a limited basis. So it's looking pretty good for them to play this week. The thing with that hamstring, though, that thing can flare up. You might get through these limited practices, and then when you try to warm up Sunday morning, you make the wrong move, and next thing you know, you're out for another week or two. Or, or it's a, a CMC situation he had the hamstring 
he practiced. I think he started practicing on that Tuesday when Sunday came around. It was yeah, we, we still gonna hold him out because we don't want to we don't want any issues long term. So just be careful. Have a pivot point. Unlike those guys, Max Williams won't be back anytime soon. Max Williams of the Arizona Cardinals had the knee injury. He has been put on injured reserve. He was a bit of a breakout, but it looks like we won't be seeing much from him until next fantasy uh, football season. There's one more New York Giant that we neglect to talk about. Kadarius Tony. Uh, Joe Judge is indicating that he has an ankle slash foot injury, if you will, and he's he's practicing though, but he he's working through an injury as well with the New York Giants. So their whole team is just kind of in flux right now. Devonta Parker, he was absent from practice, nursing a shoulder injury. It looks like he may be able to get it going, but uh, Parker's shoulder injury kept him sidelined week five. It's a possibility that trend may continue. Um, another team with several injuries, Will Fuller's still out um, on IR. Tua's not back, so Miami's dealing with their share of injuries as well. Tua is definitely making progress per coach Brian Flores. They're hopeful that he may actually be able to play Sunday versus the Jaguars. So fingers crossed as far as Tua is concerned. If he can go Sunday, let's say in a two QB league or super flex league, are, are you guys actually, if, if they indicate he's going to play, are you going to have any level of comfort starting him? I wouldn't either. <laughs> I will, actually. I mean, he's already been throwing in practice already. And it is against already, the Jaguars, I mean. Yeah, like, look what the Falcons just did last week. It's ridiculous. He's a short play for me personally. To my point about Matt Ryan, I think it'll be a similar game, different opponent, of course, mm-hmm. where he can light it up. Man, he knows Preston, he knows Albert, and obviously he already threw the waddle, so. And Gaskins is sweet. And it kind of feels like it may be one of those games that the, the coach was trying to keep him out until this game. Right. Um, to make it that get right game, if you will. But yeah, it, they're hopeful that he'll be back on Sunday. Tyrod is still out for a few more weeks. Um, he's dealing with his hamstring injury, but he's making progress. It's yet to be seen or yet to be indicated which direction Houston will go if Tyrod is healthy, whether or not he's just snake bitten as per usual and he's going to lose his job to yet another rookie or whether or not they'll actually give him the job back. But, I mean, he was actually he was playing pretty well uh, given the circumstances uh, before he got hurt. So we'll see how that works out. Same team, Joe, a guy that you brought up plenty of times, uh, Nico Collins. He's on track to practice. Um, He had that shoulder injury, rookie um, Nico Collins. He's expected yeah. to return to practice this week. So is this a guy that you're keeping on your short list? Is this a, unless you're in Dynasty, we'll, we'll kind of pass for this go-round? Yeah, and also to a wait-and-see approach because uh, now seeing Chris Moore show what he can do and his uh, abilities, it can only help the offense as a whole. So I've got to wait and see with him. Definitely in Dynasty pickup, but uh, wait and see because he can still get you seven to eight points and be touchdown dependent, which is good floor for him. Antonio Gibson was held out of practice again. He's still dealing with that Shin. Shin injuries aren't very common that I could think of, but for this to be a persistent thing, are we looking at kind of like like a fracture or a bone bruise or like we this doesn't seem like you know you just got hit and you were dealing with pain and they were just kind of letting you get over it. Like 
it's been a couple of weeks now that he's been um, in and out of practice due to the shin. According to the Washington Post, they're actually indicating that he may be playing through a hairline fracture in the shin. So I have no clue the likelihood of something like that causing further injury or any long-term effect. But I know Barry, um, you know, you've been around the, the ballpark as far as football is concerned. You've probably seen, uh, although you haven't experienced very many injuries, you've probably seen quite a bit. Is this a shin injury something that you've seen before or is this kind of different it's not as common you know as far as in football in comparison to other sports but i mean he coming off a game we had 22 touches so at this point, in my opinion, I think it's more of a pain tolerance thing. So I don't think it's something that needs some immediate attention because if it was serious, he wouldn't be on the field. True. And I mean, he played against a really good New Orleans Saints team that's pretty good, you know, against the run. So he had 22 touches. So right now it's just pain tolerance. Curtis Samuel of the Washington football team is still limited in practice due to his groin injury. It, it looks like this groin injury is going to hamper Samuel all year or at least for the vast majority of the season. Riverboat Ron is saying the wide receiver is still week to week after missing most of the first quarter of the season. Um, as soon as he attempted to come back, he was right back out again. So unlike a DeAndre Swift, whose groin injury lands him on the injury report, but he doesn't seem to have any ill effects on game day, this one seems to be something that's going to be a reoccurring issue. If you have a Curtis Samuel, is it time to go ahead and cut bait? Or do you think that he may actually be worth hanging on to at some point in time during the season? I would say cut bait. I mean, because in comparison to guys you can get around the production he's going to give you. I mean, why is he on your roster? I mean, if you can move him because of his name, by all means. But I don't I don't see a reason why you should hold on to this guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's... I mean, too bad they don't have any good receivers behind McLaurin right now because, you know, I, I don't know what you do after that. Like, I think Terry was off to a great pace, but not having a Logan Thomas, uh, even though Silas Jones filled in amicably, but it's, I'm getting rid of Curtis. This, this is another team that may want to look at calling Cleveland and seeing what the price tag is on Odell Beckham. There's a couple teams, man. You know, it's so funny, man. I watch football, right? And I'm like, me as a GM, there's so many guys that's like stopping you from going to that next level. Mm -hmm. um, I know we talk about the Buccaneers all the time. They already have a championship caliber team, but their back end is horrible, right? Yep. So, okay, I predicted the Sherman thing coming in. That's cool. And even if you don't take a chance on a guy like um, – uh, Earl Thomas, you still have a Pro Bowl caliber safety like Eric Reed sitting out there. I mean, he just played two years ago on the Panthers where he set a single season record for tackles. Like, what are we doing? I understand. That's more okay. Political. But, hey, you know what I'm saying? You will let, let, <laughs> let, let uh, Dante Stallworth get drunk and kill somebody and then put him on the roster. Like, come on, man. Let's, yep. let's, let's not do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get it. But if you want to win football games, you have Pro Bowl caliber guys walking the streets. Trey Flowers just got released from the uh, Seattle. Get him in the building. Get him in the building. I mean, Trey Flowers is a NFL starting caliber cornerback who requested to be released. So come on. Like, there's so many guys out here. Let me talk about Odell. You're the Green Bay Packers. Like, 
there's so many teams that you're one player away from really putting you in that next level, man. Just go get it done. We have several other players from Cleveland that are in the news, but these, I believe, are more so just a veteran preference, if you will. You have both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who set out of practice. Um, Hunt was due to wrist and knee. Chubb was due to a calf injury. David Njoku is nursing a knee injury as well. So again, I think this is all veteran preference. Now, Miles Garrett, I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys caught this game, but um, he, he uh, got hurt in this previous game. He won't be practicing due to his ankle and knee injuries, but Miles Garrett I'm more concerned with than the other guys that have been for Tyreek Hill doesn't practice Wednesday, probably another veteran preference, but he had a quad contusion, pain tolerance, sort of an issue with him. We have Josh Gordon, who, according to head coach Andy Reid, is likely to see more reps and more snaps in the coming week. He saw around 20 snaps last week in the loss to the Bills. So they're looking to kind of bring him along sparingly as to not risk any soft tissue injuries without getting him ramped up a little bit too quickly. Is this more of the same? If you don't have him, no need to go get him. It to me sounds like them saying, oh, okay, yeah, he can still play football, so we're not going to cut him. But I don't really have this huge vote of confidence. Like, oh, you see the coach said he's going to be the next big. Well, the reason why he didn't see a lot of playing time last game, um, they did a lot of hurry up offense, and uh, you know he didn't have the the playbook down yeah, that much in order to be up. on the field. You know what I mean? So um, once the game slows down, once the playbook slows down a little bit for him, you probably see a lot more because I mean the talent is there. But how many yeah. years are we going to do this dance? Well, um, that part. You know, Josh Gordon have been on everybody roster for the last five six years because everybody chasing the ghosts, everybody chasing that that season he had in Cleveland. Fantasy and NFL. Right. So he's on your roster. He's sitting there. He's sitting there. He's sitting there. So I wouldn't have him on my roster until I see a little more. I mean, can he play football? Of course. Is he better than Demarcus Robinson? Sure he is. But until I see, you know, that rubber meets the road and I see some production, then he's not on my roster. We have T.Y. Hilton set to return to practice. Per head coach Frank Reich, injury um, will no longer have him sidelined. They're looking for him to return to practice today, actually. So they're hoping T.Y. is going to be back to his norm. Um, That will definitely bode well for the Indianapolis offense as a whole. I think it actually works out well for Pittman as well because most defenses are probably still going to uh, make their way to Hilton as being the number one wide out as long as he's out there in health. Um, that's another guy that may be available for trade or on your waiver wire that you can take a flyer at if the, the cost is little to nothing and he may have a bit of a return that's, that's well worth um, your due diligence there. Christian McCaffrey, he is limited, and we'll find out probably sometime within the next few hours what he's looking like on today, but he was limited on Wednesday with the hamstring, so he's still trying to get over that. It's likely that he's going to end up playing this week, but they are trying to move him along uh, slowly. Damian Harris spotted at practice. You know, he had the chest and the uh, rib issue that was going on, but he was spotted at practice, which is makes it likely that he's going to go this week. Justin Fields is aiming for full practice on Wednesday. You know, he suffered a bit of a setback with a knee injury on this past week. So um, it doesn't look like he's going to be in any danger of not going this week, but just another situation to monitor. This particular injury, I think, can have huge fantasy implications. The Denver Broncos running back Melvin Gordon 
He's not practicing due to an unspecified issue, but Gordon doesn't have but a couple more missteps before Javante Williams is going to eat his cookie. I can see within the next two to three weeks, there being a transition from Gordon to Williams where they're minimally half and half. But this team is preparing that rookie to take over their running game towards the end of the year and definitely going into next year where they don't have to pay Melvin Gordon anymore. What would you guys be willing to move to go after a Javante Williams type running back who could, in my opinion, end up being a not necessarily a league winner, but someone that you can ride into the playoffs for sure? He definitely has a favorable uh, schedule down the stretch. One of actually one of the best I've seen uh, as far as running backs in the playoffs. The best time to strike is now. He's not really doing a whole lot production-wise. Maybe you can take a bigger name like a Allen Robinson, who's not doing anything, like a Odell Beckham, who's not doing anything, and maybe you can use that popularity and steal a guy like Javante. And you know, I would do. I would try something like that. I think uh, with him, I would give up a DeAndre Swift for him. To be honest with you. That's <laughs> like that's big. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Ain't no. <laughs> What the? Do you see the amount of tackles this kid breaks? That breaks right now. He's better than Chubb at breaking break tackles right now. Yeah, like but this. volume is king, and there is nobody else that's going to take volume away from Swift. And if you're talking about talent, there's more to football than just breaking tackles. As far as I'm concerned, fantasy points wise, Swift and Javante are one A one B. If Javante actually had the starting job, unless Gordon is just gone, unless he's out he'll still be the pass catching back. So I don't see Javante getting the same volume, just a straight up trade for Swift and Javante. And he hasn't actually taken the job yet. I think that's, that's a reach. Mm, okay. Um, that's a good thing. We record these shows. Cause uh, <laughs> I see a lot different that, you know, I think I uh, with Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams have a, a good prominent role in that offense. And they said, oh, Swift going to get the ball. Swift going to get the ball. It's uh, TBD. I'm waiting for that. I ain't going to bark at you. I'm going to just let it all play out. I hope you caught the punch. So um, (laughs) (laughs) we got Tom Brady, who's clear for week six. Vander was telling us uh, last episode that he had a thumb injury where he hit his hand on a player's helmet. But uh, he's going to be good to go. Chris Godwin is ready to go for Thursday. You know, he had a knee and ankle injury, but he's not going to have any issues. Darren Waller's not at practice. I think that's just a you know one of those veteran preference things. They aren't really indicating specifically what the issue is, just that he isn't in practice. It looks like Dalvin Cook is going to be practicing today. Uh, he didn't practice previously. Another veteran's kind of maintenance sort of a deal. Julio Jones is back at practice from his hamstring issue. So it's looking like he may be good to go for this week. Do we think he's going to be back to the same old Julio, or is Julio going to be one of those guys that's going to take a week or two for him to kind of ramp up? Man, you always got to bet on Julio. I mean, the talent is just – I mean, we're talking about top three talent at the position. So, I mean, hey, just roll the dice, man. That's all fantasy is anyway, so. Why not roll the dice on one that you know can be a a, a weak winner if everything goes and right? They got the, the bills real quick, though. So who do y'all think – how the bills play that? You think they have uh, Tredavious travel with AJ or just keep him on one side of the field? Like, what's, what's your um, – I would have him on AJ personally because uh, I don't think Julio is going to be 100%. 
but 80% of Julio is better than most wide receivers. Yeah, I think they, they so stacked at cornerback anyway. I would actually prefer on like third and long situations for them to have Tredavious on AJ, but every other down you could put him on Julio. You got Chris Carson, who's not practicing. He may practice uh, today or tomorrow. That's going to be something to monitor as far as whether or not he is in that final walkthrough. I honestly believe that Chris Carson is, like I said, a game away from from not playing. I mean, neck injuries, you just don't, for his position and for the way specifically that this guy runs, he has a lot to do with why he's hurt all the time. Um, He's made a business decision that he's going to run through a brick wall versus um, allowing himself to be tackled without his head or neck being involved. It's the only way he seems to know how to run. He hasn't finished or made it through an entire season in several seasons, and I don't think this season is going to be any different. Yeah, I call it the Marion Barber effect. That's that's what he is. I think this is a team that Marlon Mack would be well on also. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, you have Kyler Murray, who's limited by a shoulder issue. There's nothing of vast importance that you that his availability for the week is in question or anything like that, but just something to keep in mind. TJ Hawkinson has a knee issue, did not practice on yesterday. They are pretty sure he's going to be available uh, this coming weekend, but this is the second week that he's been on the injury report. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is officially limited Wednesday. Uh, ribs. Again, veteran preference, um, he isn't in danger of not being able to go uh, this week. Joe Burrow logs a full practice after his throat contusion, so he's he's good to go with that. DeAndre Swift, as per usual, he's limited at practice with his groin injury. That's just the way they're handling him um, this, this year, seemingly, um, until the groin is no longer a thing. His backup, Jamal Williams, is limited with a shoulder injury, but it doesn't look like he's in any danger of being out. Chase Edmonds, also dealing with the shoulder. Uh, he practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday. Joe Mixon logs a limited practice. You know, he was dealing with the ankle injury, um, and he was listed as a limited participant on yesterday, but he is um, seemingly in no danger. There were no setbacks or anything in the previous game, so... He should be good to go for this week. Allen Robinson bothered by an ankle injury. Allen Robinson, man, he, he's been one of the more disappointing fantasy players thus far in the season. Is this just a lack of familiarity with the quarterback sort of a scenario and we expect for him to be who he is? Or is this a guy that you may want to go ahead and attempt to move off of your roster while you still have a chance? Again, like I was saying, if you could take an Allen Robinson and get a Javante Williams, uh, maybe you got a Sony Michelle, or maybe you got a, a Naheem Hines, or maybe you got one of these kind of backup running backs also, pair them up together. Make it look real sweet to the owner and go get Javante. I mean, people going to see the names and see the what they know, what, they pop, what they're capable of as of right now, move them. Yeah, I think Allen Robinson needs Andy Dalton. I think uh, one of the things I didn't like about Fields coming out of college and him being at Georgia first was that he's like a one. He he doesn't really go through his progressions really well. Allen Robinson is getting open. It's, that's not a question. It's just the quarterback not giving him a lot of opportunity. He's highly favored, obviously, Mooney, because, you know, a lot of people have been still giving uh, Allen Robinson those looks. We have a couple Green Bay Packers 
on the injury report. Aaron Jones continues to be limited in practice. Robert Tunyon is tending to a knee issue as well. Doesn't look like they're going to be out of the game or anything like that. We still have the same rumors as far as Deshaun Watson is concerned. Not practicing, obviously. They're, they're still looking at Miami as being in that pole position, if you will, as far as getting them. I think that's going to have a lot to do with what Tua shows against the Jaguars, honestly. They are supposedly softening their stance on what they're willing to take, which uh, the rumor mill is indicating a couple other teams are now interested that they're kind of softening their stance. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. Daryl Mooney, he remains limited in practice. Marcus Mariota is back at practice from, from IR. So it looks like the Raiders have their backup. Peyton Barber returned in full Wednesday. Uh, speaking of the Raiders, uh, John Brown, uh, he was signed to the Broncos uh, practice squad. And it looks like he's about to be on the 53-man roster. And that about wraps up the news. Let's go ahead and get into these matchups. All right, let's get into these matchups. So, our first matchup is going to be Miami versus Jacksonville. We talked about that just a little bit when we were talking about the people that are coming off of injury. This particular matchup has a three-point underdog. It's going to be the situation that Jacksonville finds themselves in. And there is a over-under in this one. This one, even tying back to what we said in the injuries, I think Devontae um, Parker is very questionable going into this game. So I like Preston Williams. Obviously, I love James Robinson. But outside of those two, uh, maybe a Gaskins in that matchup. Um, I also think it is highly likely to us to play. But we'll do on Saturday, as early as Saturday, if he can even get a walkthrough in, he's going to probably play. And that was actually a 43-and-a-half point over-under. Um, and again, the Jacksonville being the underdog by three points. On the next matchup we have is Green Bay versus Chicago, where Chicago is a four-and-a-half point underdog. The total on this one is the over-under of 46, so just slightly higher than the Miami-Jacksonville over-under. How you like this matchup, Bear? Definitely. I like the the big guys, uh, Devontae and Aaron Rodgers. He tends to play pretty decent in these divisional games. The guys I'm really watching is um, Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert. I think the, the game script says you probably see more Damian being that they may be behind more uh, or trying to score more points. But um, Khalil Herbert, I think he had like 18 carries last week. So it's it's pretty strange the way this offense is kind of moving. Damian Williams had like 18 touches last week. So they definitely uh, are putting the balls in the hands of the, of the guys in the backfield versus the wide receivers. And we have Houston that's going to be going up against Indy. This game has Houston as a seven and a half point underdog with a over under of 47 and a half. It looks like Houston is a pretty big underdog. So uh, how would you run with this one, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Brandon Cooks is going to have a bounce back game definitely this week. Um, as far as the other side of the ball, I mean, you have to give it to Pittman, of course, uh, JT to get it done. And also, too, I think a, a sneaky thing was uh, Parrish Campbell. He was a good one, too. So I'm just looking at those three players. Obviously, the Colts have a bad secondary. So a lot of the player props on Mills probably would kind of work well in this game. But I don't trust any of the running backs. You got Kansas City going up against the Washington football team, where Washington is a five-and-a-half-point underdog, which, for my money, that's pretty gracious, if you will, 
being less than a six point underdog to Kansas City. But that's pretty interesting. Now you have a fifty four point over under in this one. So I mean, start them if you got them as far as I'm concerned. What you got on this one, Barry? Uh two bad defenses. Uh, I see Mahomes throwing for over four hundred yards this game. But I also see Taylor Heineke having a pretty decent game being that the Chiefs defense has been pretty terrible this year. So I think this is one of those ones. Um, I'm definitely taking the Chiefs in this. I think you should fight Tariq Mahomes, of course. But I think this is a game that maybe a Kirk Cousins owner, a few um, Daniel Jones owner. If you can get Taylor Heineke, which is on a lot of uh, waivers, I will fire him up definitely in the league. So I think he's going to do well this game. I can see that. I definitely can see that. Um, you have the Rams that are going to be going up against the New York Giants. That's a 50-point over-under, and in this game, we have a six-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, the Giants are obviously the underdogs here. Um, with this one, this game kind of scares me in the fact that there, there's so many unknowns with injuries. If Daniel Jones doesn't go, this spread could or should easily be 10 points. Um, but, Joe, what you got on this one? Man, oh, man, this is a Stafford game all over again. Um, I'm following up all the weapons across the board, even down to the Van Jeffersons of the world. Um, in regards to the Giants, the Giants really uh, – it's hard to say with Tooney because, they, like you said, like there's not many weapons, even with uh, Slayton and Shepard coming back. I would just avoid that other side of the ball altogether. Cincinnati goes up against Detroit. Uh, Detroit is an underdog by three and a half points against Cincinnati. This game has a 49-point over-under. I really like the Detroit pass catchers and quarterback in this one. Uh, Detroit secondary hasn't been up to snuff as of late. I actually like the Detroit offense. I agree with you as far as the Detroit uh, offense and players. But, man, one of my favorite plays of the week is actually Joe Mixon. Considering that Chris Evans, I think he's out for the year. Uh, you have P. Ryan, who's not on the COVID list. Mm -hmm. So it looked like he may be the long soldier. But we do like missing because of the volume. And I think he would see a lot of volume against a pretty weak Detroit Lions uh, front. So Okay, so let me, let, let me ask you this. Same matchup here. Which running back do you like best? Do you like Mixon or do you like Swift as the better play for the week? I think I like Mixon. I don't know about Joe, but I think I like Mixon better. Well, Mixon is just the injury that's really concerning. I think he coming, he came too back too soon back from that injury, but he is going to get definitely get a couple touchdowns. That's a given. You got the Chargers going up against the Baltimore Ravens. This is a forty-eight point over/under, and the spread in this one is going to be three points going to the Chargers. So the Chargers are the underdogs by three points. They are going to be at Baltimore. This game, I think, could provide some fireworks. What you got on this one, Joe? Oh yeah, and that's a, that's to the, a great point. You gotta you gotta start Lamar. Obviously, you gotta start Hollywood. Andrews is another good uh, look, and a sneaky pick for a DFS play is going to have to be Freeman. I thought actually be Murray in the red zone, getting a lot of the red zone looks, even the last play of the game. Freeman came in in place of Murray. So that's a good DFS play. As far as the Chargers, we already know we're getting the whole offense going crazy. And I think this is a good sneaky play for Jared Cook to have a nice rebound after uh, cooling down from the week prior. We have Minnesota going up against the Carolina Panthers. This is a one-point difference. Uh, Minnesota is the underdog by one point, which kind of tells you that Vegas feels that Minnesota is likely to win the game. 
uh, based on Carolina not getting the traditional three-point home team um, spread there. So this is going to be a fascinating game in that it's Carolina's defense. What we saw kind of had like a a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of thing going on. I know they picked up Gilmore from the Patriots. He won't actually be starting for them, I believe, until next week, if I recall correctly. I know they said he should be ready to go the week that he comes off of pup and the pup list that he was on was a six week ordeal so he should be ready to go next week but i don't know if they have the back end to cover the plethora of wide receivers that minnesota has what you got on this one vander there's just so many question marks in this game i don't know who's playing right i don't know if mccarry's playing i don't know if cook's playing i don't know if Thielen is playing because this is that injury I think they have a bye next week. So I heard some things where he may sit to, nur- to nurse that injury. Carolina's actually playing pretty good against the pass. So then you, uh, it's just it's just a lot of question marks. I mean, even the Jets version of Sam Donald kind of reared his ugly head last week. Right. So, um, man, in this game, I just had to wait to the, to the damn near kickoff to see who's in, who's out, before I can really say what guy I really like because I really don't know. I have no idea who's playing. Yeah, but that can definitely be a last man. <laughs> but also. if you do, I do like the the handcuffs, of course, if the main guys aren't playing the Madisons, the Hubbards of the world in this matchup. So 10-4, 10-4. So we got Arizona going up against Cleveland. I actually like this to be a, a, a pretty good game this week. Arizona is actually the underdog by three points, which means that Vegas feels that this is an even matchup, giving Cleveland their three uh, points for home field advantage. As far as the over-under in this game, you have a 53 and a half. So I want to say that's the second highest over-under. So there should be some points put up in this one. Um, What are we doing as far as fantasy options in this game? This may be another one. We don't know who's going until closer to game time but how do you like this matchup joe this to me i think chubb's uh calf injury is a serious injury and it's something that i think he will play through but i'm gonna favor hunt in this matchup obviously every time we count chubb out as far as injury he has a big 60 yard run but i'm willing to chance that this week uh, and obviously hunt has been getting a lot more work i think this is a bounce back game for obj i'm not seeing 100 yards in it but i do see him possibly uh, definitely getting a touchdown not even possibly um but i don't like any of the other offensive options from there uh quickly with arizona i think this is a great game for d hop after losing max williams i think that's all it took because the second my <laughs> max williams went out he catches the touchdown um, after not having touchdowns in previous games, great play for Rondell Moore. And I think Christian Kirk uh, comes from an abyss being you know held quiet the past few games. I think he's going to go off. And obviously Edmonds is game time decision. So Connor might get a definite, uh, definite vulture of a touchdown. I'm going to be honest with you. The first thing that I thought of when Max Williams went down was this is going to open up the opportunity for A.J. Green and for Rondell Moore because I can almost see them utilizing A.J. Green almost as a de facto tight end at this point. Um, As far as the pass catching part of of the tight end job, I don't foresee him, you know, doing the dirty work as far as the blocking and all that is concerned. But they can legit have specific route for Hopkins, A.J., Rondell, and Kurt with Max being out so I'm, I'm kind of thinking this may be a bit of an uptake or and not necessarily in fantasy numbers because most of them are already putting up fantasy numbers but an uptick in consistent we know with uh, like Rondell Moore fences he, he may get your points one week and then not be very involved uh, the following so I, I think that's what's about to change now that we've lost a pass catcher from Arizona we have Las Vegas 
the Raiders that are going to be going up against the Denver Broncos. This is a 44 point over under. And with this one, we have the Vegas Raiders as being a two and a half point underdog. My question on this one, Vander, do we think that the happenstance that the Raiders happen to be in, do we think this is going to be a galvanizing moment and they're going to come out with the hair on fire and this is going to be a us against the world type of rest of the season? Or are they just <laughs> going to end up shit in the bed and Denver's gonna come out there and blow their back out. Hey, shout out to Carnassa. Um man, uh I don't think this is news is gonna make them come out with their hair on fire. Honestly, man, I think in, in my opinion, I think they're gonna go I think they're gonna lay down. I don't see this news making guys rally up and say, yeah, let's go show the world. Like I think they lost a, a, a complexion of their team mm-hmm. and they really need to get somebody in there that can I know you can't do it in the middle of the season. Right. Um but they're going to take the right guy to come in there and change the culture a little bit because now it's been a culture change, a big culture shock. I don't think this is the news that make them come out with their hair on fire. I don't like any of the Las Vegas guys, fantasy-wise, honestly, against this Denver defense. is playing very well. I do like the, the Denver guys. I'm monitoring the running back situation. If Melvin Gordon's not playing, or I like Javante a ton. So I like the offensive side of the Denver Broncos. And the defensive side of the Denver Broncos. I'm not too fond of any of the Las Vegas players in this matchup. We have the Dallas Cowboys going up against my squad, the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots are at home, and they are an underdog at home by one point, which means that Vegas sees us losing by somewhere in the neighborhood of about four points. This is a 48-point over-under. It's actually an over-under that's a little higher than I thought it was going to be. I love all of the fantasy options in this one, Joe. I think it's going to be a passing game. It's going to be a shootout from the very beginning. New England isn't going to have a choice but to pass the ball to, to attempt to keep up with Dallas. So this is, for me, one of those start them if you got them type games. What say you? Man, I'm, I'm glad you already talked about the Patriots. I'm the same way. I think Mac Jones is about to go crazy. I, 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 I'm going to just leave it at that because you covered the Patriots very well. Um Cowboys, I think this is going to be um, less passing, more running. I love Pollard in this game. I hope Zeke mm, is okay. at full strength. Um, but I think Pollard is going to have over 100 yards, total yards, and possibly two touchdowns. Um, Schultz is going to be Schultz. And it's hard to say with the wide receiver core who's going to go off, per se. I mean, it took a 70-yard bomb for uh, Lamb to be relevant last week. I really do see this as a close game, especially defensively how the Patriots it can uh, minimalize uh, these cor- these wide receivers. So, of course, you're going to start them if you got them for the Cowboys, but I'm not. I'm more so Pollard and Schultz this week. All right. We have Seattle going up against Pittsburgh with 48 point over under and there's only a two and a half point uh, spread here with Pittsburgh being the underdog by two and a half points this is one of those games that I kind of feel can go either way and I believe this is going to be one of those things where it's going to go as Geno Smith goes. if Pittsburgh defense can get him rattled I don't exactly know where Seattle's going to get their points from because once he starts chucking it up there and, and starts playing DGAF ball, it can go south real quick. I think this is going to be the ugliest game of the week. I can see that. I mean, um, you know, you got a backup quarterback coming in. Usually you want to, you know, rely on the run game a little bit, make them more comfortable. But the start running back, he's not even there. You got Alex Collins. And this this Pittsburgh defense hasn't been the very best, but they still have solid guys on that on that side of the ball with um, Watt and, and company. Um, and then again, you know, still his offense hasn't really been really good this year. So 
I, I think this is going to just be an ugly game, man. Like, both teams are – well, Seattle was playing decent, but now with the situation, you can have two – probably two struggling offenses, two horrible defenses. It's, it's just – it's an ugly game, man. I, I do like uh, maybe Claypool and uh, Deontay being that Juju Smith is out now, so it's a lot more targets for them. That's true, yeah. So I do kind of oh, maybe – Oh, speaking of, what about uh, James Washington? Not so much, you know. No? And usually, okay. usually you would think that third that guy coming in would, but I think it'd just be more for Claypool and Deontay. Me personally, I mean, Clay Deontay may see eighteen targets, you know, that type of deal. Mm. So I think it's gonna be one of those kind of games. What about the uptick in targets as far as Najee Harris is concerned? Because they showed that they don't have a problem throwing the ball to him at all. Yeah, uh, per usual. Gotcha. You gotcha. know, he's gotcha. been he getting his love. He's gonna continue to get that. Yeah. The last matchup that we have on this coming Monday is Buffalo going up against the Tennessee Titans. This has a Tennessee as the underdog by three and a half points currently. And in the as far as the over-under is concerned, it looks like we have a total of 53 points. So this is going to be a high-scoring affair. This is going to be a crazy matchup this week. I think this is... Whew. Man, the Bills is about to go off, man. I would definitely start all the receivers. I think Cole Beasley can't even rebound in a matchup like this with a secondary they'll be going against. Um, I don't see much out of Zach Moss or Singletary, but we already know Moss to uh, definitely be able to capitalize on a touchdown. As far as Tennessee, we got Henry. And I think, honestly, Tannehill might play well even against uh, the matchup we're going against um, – Buffalo, man, I really, I, I like him. Of course, we got to play Henry, like I said. Um, A.J. Brown, I don't know if you can do it this week, um, but first girl, I definitely think can definitely pinch off a touchdown. I, I don't like much of Tennessee's uh, offense going against Buffalo. Barry, you bastard. <laughs> God damn you, you, you motherfucker. <laughs> Really? That's what you're going to do in the middle hey, of the show? That's not a part of the show. Let's let's continue, man. God damn it, man. You re- Okay, so, nah, this ain't a part of the show, but it's about to be. So, <laughs> so, so, so now we know the type of trade that you can send to get Javon Williams, because Barry just got him in the middle of the show. So he sent Naeem Hines and Odell Beckham Jr., to another one of the players in our league of record to get Javante Williams. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. The other attempt was to open up a, a, a roster spot, was it not? Always. See, okay, so just a, a quick little tidbit as we wrap up before we get to the starts of the week. A lot of times, the strategy that you can employ to get the trade that you want is throwing that extra player in there that would otherwise make the trade lopsided but you wanted to open up a roster spot anyway for someone that you saw on the waiver. So it gives the person that you're trading that warm fuzzy, that, hey, I just got over. But in all actuality, that second person that you threw in there was the person that you were in all likelihood going to drop anyway for whoever you're trying to go get off of the waiver. And then you picked up T.Y. Hilton off the waivers too. You <laughs> But you see Never how, not working. Yeah, Never not working. That's how it goes, man. You know, when you're trading guys, um, you definitely want to dangle the carrot. And they look in the carrot, and they're not seeing the the trick behind the back they type don't of see deal. The hook. So they only see the bait for sure. They never. See so, the like hook. I said, you know, names: Odell Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. the one-handed catch. It's a big name, and sometimes you can take these names and use them to your benefit. And Absolutely. like he just said, I was able to pick up T.Y. Hilton 
off the waiver who probably would give me the same number, the same if not better. You know what yep. I mean? So why not why not trade the big name and make somebody take the carrot? So yeah, for sure. Makes sense. Makes all the sense <laughs> in the world. That's why you. That's why you the goat. That's like, <laughs> hey man, I'm one of them. Starts of the week, regardless of position, defense, even whatever the case may be. Okay, we're gonna definitely go with Herbert against um, Herbert's matchup. I love it a lot. I, I promise that's great... who I had. Oh my god, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> uh, can I get Chase Claypool against Detroit, please, and give me Deontay? This is good. that's gonna be a, a barn burner. No, you got you kids. got you got Cincinnati going up against Detroit. You got Claypool is going to be going up against Seattle. Oh, that's even worse. That's my team. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> even yeah. worse. We go, we give up 400 fucking passing yards. Again, we just gave 396 to freaking uh, Stafford last week. True. Give me Deontay and Chase. Give me – I want Herbert. I want all of Herbert. And then as far as a running back, I'm going back to Pollard. Like I said, this injury uh, to Zeke, even though he just hit himself on the pylon or, or whatever – yeah, he's dealing with a few other injuries or whatever. And I think, honestly, this is a pilot game to get right, man. Love it. Love it. Who you as got for, for us, man? As far as a value, you know, you kind of want to maybe dig deep uh, this week. And I like Armand St. Brown. Yes. Okay. You okay. know, you they, have. I do believe they're going to be playing from behind. And he's their best wide receiver. He's showing. Right. He's 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 always left. Who else is there? I mean, you see teams are, taking, teams are taking Hawks in the way. Uh, Cephas is down now. Yeah, I mean, so he's he's all that's that kid, left. I saw a kid, uh, Raymond. Now he caught like two touchdown passes the other week. He he's not a a, a name as of yet, but he's a speedster. Can leave Raymond. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's uh, a fast guy. Had seven catches yeah. for sixty five yards. You know what I mean? So I, I like him as a as a value play this week for sure. Daryl Williams, Kansas City. Darryl, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, not, fact, he, he might still be out on some waiver wires right now. For sure. Not very sexy with the name. And he, this guy always finds himself as the third running back on the roster. But Andy Reid never let this guy go anywhere. It's nope. like he's going to do – he's not the most talented in the group, but he's always the one that's going to do everything the right way. And and this guy, you're talking about – I don't think nobody on the team, even when CH is there, run a screen pass better than this dude. So, and also, he, <laughs> none of the other running backs on the team are better at goal line. He's going to get the goal line carry right. for sure. Right. So if you're looking and for I, a value deep, I definitely like this guy also. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and then coupled with the fact that it's a 54-point over-under, the, uh, Washington is slated to be the underdog. That means it's going to be a lot of fourth-quarter runs um, as far as Kansas City is concerned. For sure. And they trust Williams to not let the ball go. So I, I definitely love that. With that being said, that wraps up the episode. If you're looking for us, we're on Gmail at fantasyfootballfiend at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at fantasyfootballfiend, Facebook, fantasyfootballfiend family Facebook group, and on the Twitter sphere at fantasy underscore fiend. And with that, we out. Mm-hmm.